You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. If you're not sure at the beginning, then when the enemy comes and starts watering those seeds of doubt in your mind, then you've got to be able to stand in the strength of that word that the Lord gave you. No, I'm called to do this. This is what God has called me to do. There's no looking back. I'm going to keep my hands to the plow, no matter how hard it gets. When you're called by God, it's important to remember the word that He gave you. When the enemy stands at the door and knocks, trying to push you off course, remember the Lord. In today's message, Pastor J.D. tells his personal testimony. He weathered many trials as he pursued God's calling. His advice is stand firm in the Lord. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. For now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Here's the last section. This is the one I want to spend the remainder of our time on. And it's really because of verse 49, first and foremost. It says, Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. The proud, verse 51, have me in great derision, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remember your judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. You know, the Word of God is a great source of comfort during times of sorrow and grief. The Word of God is a great source of comfort back in verse 50, during those times of affliction and pain and suffering. Verse 53, indignation has taken hold of me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and I keep your law. This, verse 56, has become mine because I kept your precepts. So I have to confess that verse 49 is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I know you tire of me saying that about so many verses in the Bible, but this verse in particular God has used in my life over the years during some very trying times, some very, I'll even say confusing times, some very difficult times, specifically concerning this promise. Remember your word to your servant, because that is what has given me hope. I've been hanging on to your word and the assurance that you will keep your word to me, your servant. That's my only hope. 
Now we can certainly understand this in the general sense, in the sense that God's Word, in general, brings us hope. But that's not what the psalmist is referring to. It's, notice the specificity of it. What he's saying is, you, Lord, gave me a very specific word, and that is what gave me hope. And don't think of it like the psalmist is saying, did you forget? I remember the promise that you made to me. You gave me your word, Lord. This was a word for me, that you had for me, a word fitly spoken. Over the years, the Lord, (laughs) I've been talking to the Lord about this all week, and I just said, okay, Lord, if you want me to share this, then there needs to be time for me to share this. And so I'm looking at the clock, and there's time for me to share this. So when my wife and I got married 31 years ago this year, we, we had it all planned out. You know how it is when you're young and stupid? <laughs> I mean, we had our lives all planned out. We're going to have 2.5 children. We're going to have a two-car garage, live in a nice house, and live happily ever after. <laughs> I can just picture God in heaven just going, <laughs> that's funny. You have no idea what I have planned for your life. Well, it didn't go as we had planned, and especially when it came to uh, wanting to start a family. And we wanted to have children, and we tried to have children, and we would get pregnant, and we would lose the child in the pregnancy through a miscarriage. One, uh, in fact, it was our first pregnancy we lost in the second uh, trimester. And So we cried out to God, and we would go to the doctors. The doctors would say, hey, you need to, you know, you have what they call unexplained infertility, which basically says you can get pregnant, but we don't have an explanation as to why you can't have children. So we tried everything. I learned more about the female reproduction system and anatomy than any man should ever know. (laughs) And so... Finally, about eight years into this, not being able to have children, I had made a vow to God. And it happened when my parents died. My dad died on August the 14th of 1994. I remember it like it was just yesterday. It was a Saturday. And um, then, nine months later, my mom died on May the 22nd. And when my mom was, I knew she was going to die, I was there in the hospital by her side until that time when she uh, went home to be with the Lord. And she was in a coma. And I remember praying, and and I said, Lord, if you take my mom, I no longer have parents, nor am I a parent. So being the negotiator that I was at the time, I I wanted to try to make a deal with God. I was negotiating with him. And I said, okay, God, if you take my mom, uh, you give me a son. 
you give me a son. It was one of those prayers where afterwards you, you know, kind of repent and ask God to forgive you. I mean, what do you think? What is this? Let's make a deal, God, you know? So I kind of forgot about it. This is 1995, and a couple years go by. Then in 1997, I made a vow to God, and it was after we had tried to adopt this baby girl that we actually named. We were there when she was born. The birth mother, interesting, was uh, 15 years old, had gotten pregnant and was going to place her baby girl with us in an open adoption. And two weeks before we met her for the first time, she had given her life to Christ. And so we thought, man, this is the Lord, you know. And so we were all ready. We named her. We were all prepared. We had the nursery all ready to go. We're so excited. She's born. We videotaped it. My wife was in the room. I was on the outside waiting. And then the birth mother just began to bond with her baby and asked if she could take her home and before she placed her with us, uh, maybe for a week or so. And we basically at that point realized that uh, we need to release her and that she was to keep her baby. And it was at that point that I went to the Lord and cried out to the Lord. And this was on June the 1st of 1997. And I said to the Lord, uh, if you will give me a son, I will sell my business, and I will serve you all the days of my life. Now, you have to understand, at that point I had no idea. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, that's a dangerous prayer, right, by the way? And that's why a lot of Christians don't pray that prayer, because in the back of our minds we're thinking, he's going to send me to Zimbabwe. Listen, I want, I want to clarify this, and this is uh, actually serious. You know, there are those whom God calls into the mission field, but never think for a second that God doesn't put the desire on their heart before He calls them to a place like that. So I was fully ready to do whatever it was that the Lord would have me to do, And you have to understand in the Arab culture, in my culture, uh, the son, a, a, a firstborn son is everything. They carry on the family name. In fact, in the Middle Eastern culture to this day, they address you by the name of your firstborn son. If you don't have sons, it's actually seen as a curse from God. A barren wife to a husband is seen as being cursed of God. If, if you can't have children, and so, and don't, don't think for a second that uh, the enemy didn't try to uh, destroy us with that. We had well-meaning Christians. I mean, and church was hard for us not being able to have children. Well-meaning Christians would come up to us and say things to us like, there must be some sin in your life, and that's why God's not blessing you with children. And here's our friends, and I mean, it's like they just, they had five, six children. The husband would walk by his wife, she would get pregnant, sneeze on her, and she would get pregnant. I'm like, really? But the enemy was right there. Just condemnation, 
you know, God's angry with you. God's punishing you. I even had one guy not only tell me there's sin in your life, it was a childhood friend who pointed out the, the exact sin that I had committed when I was, you know, before I was even saved. He said, that's why. You know, God's punishing you for that. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, I mean, so God's mad at me. God's angry with me. I did have some good counsel throughout those years, very hard years. And uh, one guy said, hey, you know, you're in pretty good company. Many a man and a woman in the Bible uh, were unable to have children. And I'm going somewhere with this. In particular, a guy by the name of Abraham. Remember him? So here's what happened. June 1st, 1997, we realized, okay, we're not going to have this girl. So I went to the Lord, and I went to the Word for comfort, for guidance, for wisdom, for understanding. And the Lord very specifically gave me a Word. It wasn't audible. It was being in the Word. And you know how it is when God just makes His Word come alive very personally for you. It's a word that He's giving to you, very specifically a promise. He's giving you His word. I give you my word, JD. That's what it was like. And it was very strong. It was unmistakable. And the word came by way of Genesis with Abraham and Sarah. So I was reading where the angel of the Lord, which was really a Christophany, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus Christ, comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, you're going to have a son one year from the day, from today. One year from today, you're going to have a son. And Abraham believed God. It wasn't the first time even though, get this, he was a hundred years old. And keep in mind, Sarah had already convinced him to bear a child with Hagar, the Egyptian maidservant that they took from Egypt when they left Egypt. And of course, you know (laughs) the rest of that story. It's still playing out in the Middle East today by way of the descendants of Ishmael. So he says to Abraham, one year from the day today, you're going to have a son. Now Abraham, in all fairness, did have a couple of questions like, "Um, have you seen Sarah lately? She's 90 years old. I'm just saying. She's 90 years old. And the angel of the Lord says to Abraham, I I want you to go and I want you to tell your wife. Uh, And uh, of course she heard this and laughed. And then they, they say to Abraham, why does she laugh? I'm 100, she's 90, well beyond childbearing age. And you're telling me 
that I'm going to have a biological son one year from today. Yes. And in fact, they named him literally in Hebrew, laughter. Isaac in Hebrew is pronounced Yitzhak. It's the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. We say Yitzhak. If I say to you in Arabic, Ana Yitzhak ma'akum, I'm laughing with you. It literally means laughing or laughter. They, so every time you say Isaac, you're saying laughter. It is laughable. This, there's no way. This is impossible. No, not for the Lord. So that was the word. The Lord gave me a specific word that one, like Abraham, one year from today, June 1st, 1997, I'm going to give you a son one year from the day. And you need to go tell your wife. And like Sarah, she's going to laugh thinking, you've lost it. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. I went in and I told my wife, and I said, God spoke to me. He gave me a word, a very specific word, and it has given me hope. And that word is that one year from today, we're going to have a son. Not just a child, we're going to have a son. We had his name already picked out ten years prior. His name is Elias. And do you know that he was born one year to the day exactly as God had said he would? June 2nd, 1998. And it wasn't long after that I sold my business and went into the ministry, started my first church in 1999, and then we came here. Well, that was one big one. Then... <laughs> We come here, and I heard another word from the Lord, this time again very specific, that we were to come here and we were to start another church here in Kaneohe. Now I have to understand, this is 16 years ago. Uh, the year was 2003, and we hadn't moved here yet. We didn't move until December of 2003. We were here visiting, and I happened to be walking on uh, Kailua Beach. It was a beautiful day, and I was just, I was listening to a really good Bible teaching, and the Lord just spoke to me so clearly that this was him. This is the way, walk ye in it. I was to leave the church that I had planted in 1999 and come here and start another church. Now, I wish I could tell you that it was just all smooth sailing, but it wasn't. The word was basically like this. Um, there's going to be a death, and then from that, I'm going to fill your net in ways that you could have never imagined. And then in 2005, we uh, started our first official Sunday morning service. It was at the Aloha Pregnancy Care and Counseling Center. And there was like 15 people. And half of them were my wife's family. 
<laughs> Great way to start a Bible study, right? So the first two years were probably amongst the most difficult uh, years of my life. In fact, I have to say that I really thought that I had made the biggest mistake of my life. I thought I thought I heard the Lord, but maybe it was just my flesh wanting, you know, who doesn't want to be sent to Hawaii? You know, here am I, Lord, send me. <laughs> you know, it's a rough field to plow, but I, I, I am willing to go, Lord. So it was so hard, and um, it was just, I mean, there were so many times where I began to doubt, and then the Lord reminded me of this word that He had given me, that had given me hope. Remember your word to your servant, for it has given me hope. You made it very clear that I was to come here and start this work. And I had the abundance of counseling, like the Proverbs says, with the multitude of counsel, plans succeed with too few of counselors, plans so I, I got a lot of counsel from a lot of, you know, godly men that I really respect. And one word in particular stuck with me because it was to this effect, and it kind of coincided with the word the Lord gave me that day on Kailua Beach. It basically went like this. You have to make sure that you're called to come to Hawaii. Because a lot of guys on the mainland come here, and they start a church here, and they have no idea how hard it is. And about two years go by, they get disenchanted, and they pack up, and they leave, and they leave a very bad taste in people's mouths. So you have to know that you're called. And it was at a pastor's conference. In fact, I even heard this word confirmed again by a pastor who basically said something to this effect. You better be sure, because when, not if, the hardship comes, the difficulty comes, the adversity strikes, and it will. Anytime you start a new work, it is, you know, a lot of plowing, a lot of praying, a lot of fasting, a lot of crying out to God. It is very hard. And the enemy's right there. And if you're not sure at the beginning, then when the enemy comes and starts watering those seeds of doubt in your mind, then you've got to be able to stand in the strength of that word that the Lord gave you. No, I'm called to do this. This is what God has called me to do. There's no looking back. I'm going to keep my hands to the plow, no matter how hard it gets. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,